Hey everybody, this is Real with Juan Martinez, and guess what? With my co-host Stephanie Ray. What's up, guys? Good to be here. And we have Marco in the background, as always, man, recording. I mean, what would we do without Marco? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's lost. like we always think that it's just the faces and the voices, but what would we do without a Marco? And guess what? I am so excited today. Um, I've been excited about this. I mean, since last week. Yeah, you know, I'm like, weeks. yes. Um, Tony Miller, the bishop. Come on. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, man. He started as a youth minister in 1978. This guy, I don't know. I, I, I could just go on and on with talking about all of these things. He's personally trained over 300,000 leaders. Not just that, man. Let me tell you something, Stephanie. I've sat with Bishop at a table I've where we start it. talking, and he can go. Listen, this is a true story. I sat down. First time I sat with him for lunch, it, it was one of those memorable moments. Mm -hmm. Somebody mentions a preacher, and he can go back to the father's brother's cousin who was related <laughs> to this person, who was related to that person. The lineage. Yo, yo, no, not just that. Where the church was located, what it connect that church to where that church first started in what year wow. and i mean by the time you figure out you're like what the heck it is the most amazing thing i've ever seen i like i tell my wife i would love to go to israel with him because he is just facts i mean this guy Walking bishop welcome welcome with us bishop tony miller bishop how you doing hey man it's my honor to be with you guys great I'm doing great today. I see you always laugh when what, it does What you just said is you just said I'm old. That's what you just said. <laughs> oh, my God. Not at all. Bishop, man. Listen, I, the first, I want to jump right in. The first thing I want to talk about is this book you have that, you, you know, I know the behind the scenes a little bit, so I hope you don't mind me airing it out that you're reprinting this thing. There's, there's a remix coming out of this book, and it's The Journey to Significance. This book is life-changing. Tell us a little bit about this book. Let's talk about it. This is the hot topic. Well, I was, uh, uh, thank you. What a delight it is to be with you guys today, too. I was, uh, I was trying to go on a journey of how does God take people that sometimes are lost in the shadows, yeah. marginalized, overlooked. Uh, the world feels like they are never going to be chosen. Yeah. Uh, and God positions them to make major impacts and become people of significance. And the book is written around a man named David. Uh, he's, he's King David, but he mm -hmm. didn't start out King David. And, you know, there's a couple of things, one about, about David that are, that stick out that maybe some people that are, that are listening today may, may, may realize or, or need to know is that everybody celebrates David as this great biblical hero, but David was a very ordinary guy. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we discount ordinariness mm. because we, we think well, that, that makes me disqualified. Yeah. Or insignificant, right? Yeah, if I don't glow in the dark when I sleep, then I'm not usable. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that God really looks in ordinary places mm. for people that he can make trophies or, or billboards of his great grace. So when people have felt like life has left them in a, in a vulnerable place or a place of being disenfranchised, oftentimes the Holy Spirit's attracted to those kind of people Come on. so that the glory of God then begins to shine through their life. There are Man. people listening today that God's God's attracted to their brokenness, yeah, and He's attracted to their places of need and their sense of, of of futility, yeah, because He's about to make something very important out of their life. And I'll, I'll tell you about this. You know, life is lived on three levels all the time. This is in the book. Talk to us, Bishop. And the three levels life is lived on is life is lived on survival. Okay, it's lived on success. I'm and taking it's notes. Significance, mm -hmm. right? Most people I've ever met at some point in their life had to survive. 
They live from paycheck to paycheck. They live from relationship to relationship. They live from week to week, just trying to get through whatever yeah. it was they was facing. And here's the here's the good news: if you're still struggling, that's a sure sign you hadn't been defeated. Because if you'd been defeated, you'd have quit. So the very the very thing that that you've got to fight left in you Come on. to get it is a sign that there's something appointed for your life and that you still have faith to believe that it's possible. So in the struggle and the survival days of our life, what God does is he brings us through by his grace yeah. and he begins to move us to places of success. Now I've lived at places of, of survival mm-hmm. and I've had success. Success yeah. is better, but here's the key. Success is never meant to be a satisfier. God never intended for success to be your stopping point. Yeah, because we think if once we get there, we're good. But yeah. you're saying it's not. Success is meant to make you credible, to make mm-hmm. you believable. The only reason God wants to bless your life is so people will believe your report. Come on. You know, Come on. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's good nobody, stuff. Nobody goes, nobody goes to the guy that's then been through four broken marriages to find out, should I get married? Come on. He wants <laughs> hey, they somebody, do. the crazy part is right? people still do that. Yeah, he, he they says, can, is there somebody that can show me how to make this work? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've read your story about everybody's been bankrupt. Can somebody show me how to succeed? Yeah. So God gives people success. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, men will see your good works and glorify your father that's in heaven. Wow. So in other words, he makes your life a billboard to reflect and point to him. Yeah. Some, some people, can I say it this way? Yeah, come on. Some people look for signs and wonders, and God wants to make you a sign and wonder. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. Make your life one that's a, a sign that points people to him that makes and makes wonder. people wonder, how did you do that? Bishop, somebody's listening right that's now. So I, th- there's a little thing there, and Stephanie has one also that she wants to talk to you about. But I, I read this. It's in the very beginning of the book, and it says, I have learned that I can go from where I am to anywhere I want to go. Come on. Anywhere I want to go, the journey begins in me. Now, elaborate a little on that, right? Because somebody's listening today and they're saying, okay, like how can I, I can go anywhere I want to go, but I'm in this mess. You know, how do I, how, what, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, when, when, when I started writing that book, I was living in a, a small community on the Southwest corner of Lake Okeechobee in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, uh, there's only one road in, one road out. I mean, and I was thinking, God, you've called me to the world, and you sent me down here to a place of obscurity. What is this all about? And the Lord said to me, he said, I can take you anywhere from right here because the journey begins in you. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that all came from. And here's what I want to say. There may be people today listening. You may be in a small apartment. You may be living. You may you may be living in a prison. You may be living yeah, in yeah. a place that's not healthy right now. It begins in you. Your world changes from the inside out, not from the outside in. And when something begins to change in you, in fact, Ephesians chapter three, verse number twenty, said that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond. Those are three major words. Mm-hmm. Exceedingly abundantly beyond mm-hmm. all you ever ask or even think. But there's not a period there. There's a comma. It's according to the power that works in you. Come on. If there's no dynamic going on in you, there won't be anything going on around you. Mm. So your outer world is always a reflection of your inner world. Come on. Man. Many people, many people live in a world 
around them that's broken because they stay broken inside. So Jesus comes and he begins to heal the brokenness, the hopelessness, the sense of, 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 of imprisonment, the sense of limitation. He comes to break that out of us on the inside. Mm. And when that happens, the world is, is unlimited yeah. because there's Amen. something that can't be done. Come on. Jesus said this way, if you can believe, all things are possible. So where does believing begin? It doesn't Inside. begin out there. Yeah. It begins here. Internally. That is so good. You know, Bishop, I was reading in your book. Um, I just want to read a little bit that you shared. It says, if you are sacrificing and not experiencing an immediate return, then rejoice. You are paving the way for someone who is coming after you. You may never see the fruit of your efforts to initiate change, but those for whom you open the door will inherit the promise and much more. And that really stuck out to me because, I mean, I feel like we live so much in a society, which I get it, you know, self-development and working on your own person is super important. But sometimes we don't see that change, you know, and we have to understand that, hey, maybe God is using you for somebody else. So I, I don't know. I wanted you to share a little bit about that on how, you know, you wrote about it in the chapter, The Process of Change. There, there is no success without sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sacrificing and not seeing success, it's only because I'm setting somebody else up for success. Wow. Uh, our forefathers were willing let me let me use the bible example come on abraham was willing to live in a tent so his children could possess cities mm -hmm. wow hey nobody <laughs> come on right Good. so if i'm if i'm if it's all about me then i'm only going to sacrifice for something that benefits me but if i'm looking further down if i've got children if i've got a future you know sometimes in my early days i had to do things i didn't want to do in order to get to do the things I enjoy doing. And so that sacrifice actually set me up for success in other days. Right. But there are people who make sacrifices and never see the fullness of everything they sacrificed for. Hmm. I did an interview with my daughter yesterday who travels and preaches all over the world. And she wanted to do an interview with me uh, about Father's Day. And yeah. she made a statement of something I've said to my kids. I believe that my ceiling should become your floor. Absolutely. So as as I've paid and whatever has, I've done with my life, it's only to set them up to have a greater starting point. Wow. So there are people that are listening today who feel like, man, my life has just not gone anywhere. But what, what you need to see is that the investment you're making is making a way for somebody coming behind you. Wow. And you got to know that. We're standing on the shoulders today when we're standing on the shoulders of some mighty men and women who went before us. The only reason I can see further is because I'm standing on somebody's shoulders. <laughs> that's when you, that's when Drop we would have mic. one of those buttons. Yeah, we would have had the, the flames coming up. Bishop, we're going to go to a segment right now. We love doing segments, so we're going to go to a little segment called Fear Factor. Yeah, so, Bishop, we want Come you on. to share. Fear Factor is all about being real, right? This is real. So we're going to ask you to share a time in your life where fear played a major factor. And I know, you know, as Christians, we like to think that, oh, we don't live with the spirit of fear. But it's it happens, right? But the main focus that we want to share is how you stepped out of it. So keep it real with us, Bishop. Let, Come on, let keep us it know real. We want to hear factor, it. Come Bishop on, because right now people are going, Bishop ain't never scared. But come on, yeah, where's there a time? Yeah, that's true. I've uh, <laughs> I've been I've been uh, I've been arrested in India when I was there preaching. 
that was a little scary. They took my wife and put her on a plane and took me to a, a holding room. Wow. Mm. wow. So I was in Pakistan during the coup by Musharraf and the streets were filled with tanks and armored vehicles. And I was in the middle of preaching a crusade in a, in a large Muslim nation. I was uh, shot at all night long by the communist in uh, Venezuela. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. They splattered, they, they splattered my hotel with AK-47s, everything. I, wow. I, was in, um, I was in Haiti during the coup. I, I, I actually had witch doctors that came after me in the middle of the night. How'd you overcome that fear? Me, huh? How'd you overcome? So, so fear grips you. How'd you overcome yeah, it? I'll tell you, I'll tell you two, two examples. Well, well I'll, I'll give you one example. Yeah. Uh, I was in, I was in uh, Jamaica preaching. My middle daughter, Lindsay, was uh, less than two years old. I get a phone call at about one o'clock in the morning that she's in the hospital, been rushed to the hospital, and uh, she probably would not live till the morning. Wow. Uh, there's no way to get a flight home. Uh, I'm trying to get a flight home. The earliest flight home is 10 o'clock the next morning. And they told me she wouldn't live till 10 o'clock. And I remember, I remember the sense of, of helplessness. Yeah. And mm. Fear and, and my, my actual, my first comment was to, to the Lord. I said, God, you sent me here. Why would you let the enemy take my children from me? Mm. And I was afraid. And I, I began to lay on the floor and just pray. Wow. And a, a, about four o'clock in the morning, there's this overwhelming sense of peace that came in my heart. And it was like I heard the Lord say to me, um, all is well. And I'm, I'm saying, that's not the report of doctors. That's not the report of anything. He said, no, whose report will you believe? Mm. Because see, most of our fear is based in what report we believe. Fear is the result of primarily believing a lie. The opposite of fear is not faith. We've always, we've, we've preached that either you have faith or you have fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Bible says the opposite of faith is sight. Sight, yes, so absolutely. If fear has come into our life, fear is actually, it is, it is a belief system. Faith yes. is a belief system, fear is a belief system. It's just a belief system that's got a negative em emphasis. Absolutely. So it's believing of a lie. It's a perversion of a truth. And so in the middle of the night, when I was praying, the Holy Spirit just gave me this peace that all is well. Whose report will you believe? And so I went to sleep. I woke up early about two hours later, about 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.30. And the woman that was with my wife called my hotel room in Jamaica. And she said, the doctors don't know what happened, but about 5 o'clock this morning, Lindsay took a turn. Wow. And today she's 37 years old. And Come she's, on. Uh, oh, they're rocking. Been, Your kids are rocking. They're amazing. Rocking. They're amazing. She's got two kids. Um, it's been amazing what happened. That was very fearful. That's amazing. I, that I love that. So I love the way he prayed. I love the way God spoke to you. And I love your description of the opposite of fate being sight and the way you, it's always two stories. It's the picture of the little angel and the devil. Which story are you going to believe, right? That's whispering in your ear. And so we have another segment that is called, You, you think, think You Know, know Me. me. <laughs> and uh, So you think you know me, Bishop. I know that there's probably a million and one assumptions of who Bishop Tony Miller is. Yeah, and you're yeah. probably tired of them. You could list them off. At some point, you don't really care. Or maybe you address them or you don't. But right here on You Think You Know Me, we give you a chance to um, address an inaccurate assumption people have made about you and yeah. just make it clear. We want to know. something. Somebody who thinks they know you, but really it's not like that. Yeah, and it happens a lot, especially with 
with your status and all that, I think a lot of times people go off of an Instagram Assume. post or a picture and they start assuming judgment, really taking the place of God. And then kind of that's where all this people have platforms. So that social media just gives them a platform. Right. So everybody just starts talking out of something that isn't true. Um, and you see that a lot, especially in ministry. So you think, you know, me, Bishop, talk into that. What is something that somebody probably said in the past that was completely inaccurate about Bishop Tony Miller? I am uh, I, I am by nature an introvert, which uh, people wow. never think. <laughs> uh, I'm much more comfortable speaking to a thousand people than I am to two people. Wow. And, uh, just something in the early days, it was really difficult for me. Uh, second of all, I see something funny in everything. They don't know how much I behave and I've had to control <laughs> myself. I'm, I am a, a smart aleck and sarcastic by nature. My wow. kids know that. Come on. But no, not much of the world knows that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, those are those are a couple of things. Oh, Second, thirdly, I, I, I used to ride show and break horses. So I spent a large portion of my life raising quarter horses and oh, Appaloosas okay. and wow. showing horses. Uh, very few people know that. I'm a sax player. Very few people know that. What? Hold on. Next time we got to bring you on. We got to get you down here to play the sax. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> we would love that. That is so amazing. And so we're going to go to another segment. And this is actually one of my favorites. The last two are actually my favorites. Well, they all kind of my favorites. But the last <laughs> two I really, really enjoy because I, I've heard it from you. I've heard it from rooms when I've been with John Maxwell or any of those people who usually say um, when you talk to a person, you ask them, the questions that are going to be impactful and life-changing, you know, to really think out the questions you're going to ask. So when I, uh, this segment is called Dear Younger Me. And, and what I love about that is. All right. So basically, what advice would Bishop Tony Miller give to a younger Bishop Tony Miller? Something that, you know, maybe you were in your teenage years, maybe you were a yeah, young yeah, you man in your 20s, 30s, whatever age you feel like that mm -hmm. now the wisdom that you have, the advice that could have really, really helped you back then. And not only you, because we're also speaking to, you know, thousands of you know, People. Bishop Tony Miller because that I, could be out there. Yeah, I believe that when you say this today, there's going to be somebody out there that might be there or might have a child there or something there that, you know, you get to go back to the future. You get to get, jump in the car, the, the silver car, and go back to whatever age. DeLorean. What age would it be, the DeLorean? What age would it be, and what would you say to that Tony Miller? Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Uh, if, I could, if I could go back and talk to myself as a college kid, yeah. mm -hmm. I would take more time to prepare. And, and less time to try to uh, just always striving for the dream. Um, I learned late in life that the more time, that preparation time is not wasted time. Mm. That's, the, that's the big deal that I would have, um, because you have longer than you think in, uh, to do certain things. If I was to go back and speak to my teenage years, I would say again what my dad said to me, what I said to my children. Yeah, uh, they were dating. Uh, every time my girls left the house, I'd say the same thing to them almost all the time, and that is live up to your name, know who you are. Wow. Proverbs says this that a good name is better than riches, and sometimes the only thing you got is your name. So make sure you live up to it. Wow. And that that became a, that became a big deal for me in my life. Wow. And the third thing I would say to a young Tony Miller is. Uh, He's bigger than you think he is. Mm. Wow. Dream, what you're dreaming about today is probably not near what God has for you. He's bigger than you think he is. 
I'm gonna do, usually I ask people, hey, a year or something, like, hey, yeah. let's go last year, but I'm gonna ask you a question because just in case there's somebody in ministry, what would this Tony Miller say to the Tony Miller that first stepped into ministry? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. You know, uh, can I, I'll be really, this is, this is real, so I'll just yeah, be yeah. real. Yeah, I'm loving it. When, when I started, it was amazing that God even used me at all. I was, uh, I was so full of pride uh -huh. that, uh, that God just constantly had his hand out like a policeman in an intersection saying, stop. I, I didn't get any green lights. I got red lights mm -hmm. because God, God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And so God had to, God took me one day into a prayer place and, uh, and I've shared this with men all over the world. Uh, and in that prayer place, I saw a trophy. And he said, that's what you're after right there, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I'm after the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. I'm after that trophy. But a hand turned the trophy around. And on the bottom of the trophy was written the word selfish ambition. And God said, you're in this for you. You're not in it for me. And I began to break. And all of a sudden I recognized, and, and I would say this to our entire audience today, anything you do to make yourself great, will always be a struggle to accomplish. But anything you do to make other people great, God will always support you in the middle of. It's about making other people's lives better. And so what I learned in ministry was that it's not about me being on a platform or being not, uh, famous or yeah. having notoriety. Ministry is about me improving other people's lives. So if I could have gone back to the very early days and learned that lesson, earlier yeah it's god would have done even greater things in my life i'm going to ask you another question uh, and you and usually there's only one of these but with you i can kind of go in so many directions <laughs> what you also are known as uh an entrepreneur and a businessman um so there's many facets of tony miller which is why i love you dearly um i, I see you as a great dad uh, you always like to laugh a lot and so i like laughing too so that makes us unique anyway but um what would Tony Miller say to the guy who is starting business, yet he is struggling and doesn't know how it's going to turn out? What would you say to that, that businessman? I, I want you to speak to a businessman right now that he's like, man, you know what? Maybe he's in prison. He's thinking, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to start a business. Or there's a guy who just started a business. What would you say to that guy? I would or say... Gal? It's interesting that you, you asked that question because the, the reality is that anything you do that you don't know why you're doing it, it's going to be hard for you to accomplish anything that's successful. So I would say to any young businessman or businesswoman, why are you doing this? What do you want to do? What are you trying to accomplish? What, what, what's, your, what's your ultimate goal here? And if they, they can define that, then they'll know where to go. Here's why. Because every dream demands three things. There has to be a desire. So it starts with a desire. Mm -hmm. What's my desire? If my desire is to just make money, that's cheap. You know, the one thing that I learned is that when God gave me an entrepreneurial anointing and, and a capacity on my life, when I start companies, I don't want to just make money. I, have, I realize I have employees. I get to change their life. I get to improve the world in which I live by, by the way I serve people, the service I provide with the company I have. 
So what, what desire do you have? What desire do you really have? Second of all, I'd say every desire that's not met with diligence and discipline is only a fantasy. So in the early stages of building a business, it's going to take diligence and discipline to take that desire into the next level. And once it becomes disciplined and diligent, it'll turn into a delight in your life. But you can never go after the delight and forget the discipline and the, des- and the desire. Listen to me closely. Diligence, the greatest challenge to being disciplined and diligent, is there's two times it's the greatest challenge. One is when you see no opportunity or open door in front of you. It's hard to remain diligent when you don't have an opportunity in front of you. Most people only do what's necessary for the moment. Mm. They never do what's necessary for the future. Wow. God's always preparing you now for what he's prepared for you tomorrow. So if you don't step into the moment now with the diligence, you arrive at a destination you can't occupy. Because when the doors open, if you haven't prepared for them, you won't be able to go through them. There are people listening now who feel like their life is restricted and say, well, when I get a chance, I'm really going to go for it. No, you go for it now. Yeah, because when the door opens, you won't have a chance to go for it. Wow! And the second time it's hard to be diligent is after success, because what happens is you say, "Okay, we've arrived. I can stop now." That's why athletic teams, yeah, after they win one championship, it's hard to repeat because they don't ever come back to camp the next year with the same amount of discipline and diligence. Wow! They've reached the top of the mountain. Hey, we got there. So now we start living off what we've done. So I'd say to, I'd say to young business people, get a desire, match it with diligence, and you'll find out it delights your life. And I would say this also, here's the other thing. The Bible says that to a man or woman who fears the Lord, wealth and riches will be in their house. Wealth and riches are not the same thing. Riches is cash flow. Wealth is cash debt. Speaking a lot of people believe if they get cash flow, they're rich. Problem is, the Bible says riches that come quickly can leave quickly. So in other words, you may hit the mother load on a, one contract and make more money than you ever made in your life. But if you don't know what you're doing with it or why you have it, then you'll spend it on stuff that really don't matter. And in three years, you're broke again. That's why there are people who win the lottery that end up going broke and losing everything they have. Wow. Because riches is about cash flow. Right. Wealth is about cash debt. If you want to bless your family long-term, you build wealth off of your riches. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still like, I'm going to ask another question. I'm going to ask another question. I mean, realistically, I mean, I have to get you down here, Bishop. I, I, we have to do another show also because, I mean, I, I would love to ask you about marriage. There's just so many things that I'm passionate about that I really would like to know. You know, I think as a Christian, sometimes we just get real heavy on one side, but I think as a believer and a follower, you should be multifaceted. You should love uh, about, you should love things about uh, wealth and finances and marriage and leadership. All those things I feel encompass a person that should be whole, you know? So I really love how you speak into those. It doesn't matter what topic. One day with Bishop, we just might as well just the whole show give them a topic yeah. you know but um we're gonna go with our last segment of this show 
The struggle was, was real. real. Come you hear on. Everyone talk about it, man. The struggle was real. The struggle, the struggle, struggle is, is real. real. That's, is what, real. That's what people it's like real. to say, right? So we're going to talk yeah. about the, how the struggle was real. So, mm -hmm. man, Bishop, I love your transparency. I love everything that you've shared with us. Um, but we're going to ask you to share something that you personally really struggled with. You know, I, I think like Pastor Juan was sharing, you know, sometimes they see someone with a big platform and they see someone with a large, uh, you know, following or you know successful in businesses or you know quote unquote successful with churches yeah. you know and they think that you don't struggle with things but it, in all reality at the end of the day we're still human right and we still struggle with things so we'd love to hear something that you really struggled with and how you overcame it and something tangible that somebody else can apply and, and i'm gonna add to that i'm gonna sprinkle like the little seasoning thing you know i'm gonna add a little bit to that you have a chapter in the book that is called becoming a giant killer mm -hmm. so i thought it would be fun if bishop tony Miller not only said this is this was one of my struggles or this is what I struggle and it could be in any area whether it's I know you've been very transparent in many areas but I, I, I feel like it's up to you to say which area you want to be transparent with us when you kind of talk to us you're always very vulnerable and you speak from places that you know I really appreciate because I get to grow from but now you know I'm giving you this opportunity to share with the world what that is and then immediately after that I want you to go into preach mode and uh, speak to the person on how to overcome that which you said. You get it? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I've got I've got just a few minutes and yep. I, I, I need to run as well. Let's do but it. Here's the deal. Here's the, uh, uh, probably the one of the greatest struggles in my life mm -hmm. when I was a young pastor and a, a young man, I go back even before I was married, is I was very sexually involved uh, as a teenager. Yes, sir. And so I, when I came to Christ in, in college, when I really dedicated my life to Christ, yeah, came to a point where I, um, I didn't date. I quit dating. The Lord just told me to quit dating because I didn't trust myself. It was I love Jesus with all my heart, but there are certain patterns that had developed in my life that I knew as long as I left myself vulnerable and unaccountable, I would fall into those patterns because most people that struggle in their life struggle because they never break patterns. Wow. They heart, their hearts transform, their soul is never changed. Come on. So they still think and feel like they did previously. So I had I had uh, I had obviously a pornography issue. I'd come to Christ, I quit dating. I didn't date for 3 years till I met my wife. Dated her, God kept us. And then the amazing thing was I thought, man, you know, if I'm married, and then I was in ministry. I thought, well, I, I won't have any problems now. I won't struggle with those things because yeah. for some crazy reason, I must have thought that my marriage certificate and my vocation was going to deliver me from what was wrong with me. Come on, tell and it. The matter is none of it delivered. me. And so I, I still had this struggle uh, with pornography in my life. And I remember the day I'm in a hotel room and Kathy's going to get a shower. And while she's gone, I'm thinking she's in the shower. I flip over on a on a channel in the hotel that was not an appropriate channel for yeah. for for me at all. She forgets something and comes out of the hotel out of the bathroom and sees got me. Got him. And uh, I'm dead in the water, right? Yeah, yeah. Got him. I mean, that's it. Thank God for a wife that didn't. She didn't blow the room up. She just looked at me and she said, "This devil is coming off of you." Today. Wow. She wow. went straight into deliverance mode. Powerful. Come on, come on, Miss Kathy. <laughs> I'm beside the bed and she started praying with me. And and I broke. 
I've gave myself to some accountability with some other men, but we've been married 42 years. And to this day, if there's ever times in my life when she looks at me and says, I know she can just pick up on things in my life where she knows I struggle with certain things. It's been years that God's been, has kept me and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. But it was the major struggle in my life and it came through two things. It came through my willingness to humble myself and my willingness to have accountability in my life. Because here's what the Bible says. You, you repent of your sins to God to get forgiveness. Yeah. You confess your weakness to other people to get healing. Glory. Man. Glory. Bishop, Some people don't ever get healed because they never tell anybody what they're struggling with. Yeah. Bishop, you know what? I am honored. I know you gave us the time. I know you're a very busy man, so I want to honor your time. If you could please tell the people uh, anything you got coming up, books, where they can find you, where they can reach you, we would greatly appreciate it to share your gift with the world. Oh, that's th thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook at Tony Miller TV. Those are those are the locations. My website's TonyMiller.tv. And uh, I have a remake of the book that you're talking about, Journey of Significance. It's going to come out later this year. And we have a, uh, a new book that's coming out called Who's Next? Ooh, wow. Come on. The world, the world keeps asking what's next, but heaven is asking who's next. Because there's always a who before what. Wow. Okay, Bishop, you know you're going to have to send me that pre, and we're going to have to talk about it when, right before it comes out. That would be awesome. And so, Stephanie, the just close us out. Thank you so yeah, much, Bishop. Group. We appreciate you, that. Bishop. So we're letting all of our This Is Real listeners to know. Let them know if you enjoyed this podcast. If you rem uh, Please remember to share it with a friend. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And thank you all so much for watching and listening. And we're going to call it a day. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Bye. <laughs>